Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is continuous coverage. Continuous coverage. Continuous coverage. In the trial of Lori Vallow Daybell from the Hidden Killers podcast. Hidden Killers podcast. We're up to segment number two in our continuous coverage in the trial of Lori Vallow Daybell. Let's head to the courtroom. Governor, may I aid an objection to her reviewing these notes? May I, may I volunteer an aid of an objection? Uh, you may. Ms. Ballard, uh, it looks like there's about 15 pages of um, text writings uh, that have some footnotes in there. Is that is that a, is that my understanding? Yes. And that and it looks like it's a day by day, play by play type of uh, encounters with with Mr. Daybell. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Is this something you do in the normal course of your business, or was this something that was asked you, of you uh, by law enforcement? I was subpoenaed to provide that information. Okay. And you provided that information to law enforcement? Yes. Okay. If I could have just a second, Judge, to confer with counsel. Yes. Judge, can we just have a quick sidebar? Yes. All right, there's been a request to have the re uh, records used to refresh the witness's memory. They've been reviewed by counsel. I don't know where they supplied to the witness at this point. Not yet, Your Honor. Okay, they can be at this time. And so, Taylor, just to refresh your memory, uh, we were discussing, my question was um, when you heard from Chad again after the November 21st conversation. Yes. Uh, he reached out to me so, on... Let me stop you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're going to be allowed to look at your notes to refresh your recollection, and then you'll have to close them and testify. It's just to refresh your memory. Okay. He reached out to me on December 10th, 
and I by a phone call and I responded to him on the 11th. Okay. And I want to just clarify a couple things about the notes and and what you provided to law enforcement if I can. You as an insurance agent have a file on your clients is that accurate? Mhm. Did you provide the insurance file or the insurance information to law enforcement? Everything that I had on Mr. Daybell I gave to. Okay. Did you make personal notes for your own uh, memory and to be able to recall your interactions with him? No. No? Okay. Your Honor, at this point I'm going to make an objection that uh, there is a discovery violation this this witnesses turn things over to the state that we've not been in possession of. I buy your honor. Go ahead and finish your... We cannot adequately cross-examine her uh, without the information that has been provided to the state. So I would object to her being called as a witness and I would ask that she be excused. Well, I'm not going to go that far with the objection at this point. Um, there's been a review of the file made by defense counsel. I guess it's raised an issue which we may or may not need to take up outside of the presence of the jury. Let's have a quick sidebar on that issue, counsel. Thank you. At this point, there's been an issue raised as it relates to the file and whether or not it's uh, discoverable evidence in the case. It's been argued to some extent by the defense. The court's going to make an in-camera review of the file to determine whether or not we need to proceed any further with that issue. In order to do that, we'll take the mid-morning break at this time, and we will reconvene at about quarter till the hour and continue with the direct examination. All right, please. Thank you. Please be seated. Okay, we're back on the record on CR 22211624, State of Idaho versus Lori Noreen Vallow. Uh, we had an issue come up with an objection as it related to the file notes of this witness. There was a question, I think, of whether or not discovery had been produced. And as I understand at this point, the parties have resolved that issue. Is that correct, Ms. Rawlings? That's correct. We were able to provide the Bates number to the defense for where this information was provided. Okay. And so that uh, takes care of the objection then, Mr. Thomas? Yes, Ron. It looks like it was. It may have been provided to prior attorney prior attorneys prior to Jim and I coming on, but we don't remember seeing it, but we know that it was bait stamped and we did. It is in our discovery. Okay. With that in mind, then, I'll just indicate, because of the nature of the objection made in the presence of the jury, I'm going to provide a curative instruction for the jurors once they come in and remind them that the uh, 
evidence is to only be considered and that arguments on admissibility of exhibits are not to be considered. So we'll take care of that once the jurors are returned to the courtroom. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. All right. So, and does the, you have the file back. Okay. Let's go ahead and have the jurors return then, please, Mr. Bailiff. Thank you, Mr. Bailiff. Please be seated. All right, we are back on the record in this matter. Uh, Ms. Ballard is still on the stand with direct examination. Ms. Rawlings conducting that examination. Before we start again, I just want to advise the jurors, there was a defense raised by, or an objection raised by the defense prior to the break. Um, we've resolved that issue, and I wanted to just remind the jurors, you may or may not remember, on the first day of trial, you were given a bunch of instructions, and you'll still be getting those later. Among those instructions is an instruction that states uh, specifically, and I'll quote, at times during the trial, an objection may be made to a question uh, asked a witness or to a witness's answer or to an exhibit. This simply means I'm being asked to decide a particular rule of law. Arguments on the admissibility of evidence are designed to aid the court and are not to be considered by you nor affect your deliberations. So please keep that in mind as it relates to that objection, and I would ask you to disregard it as it does not relate directly to what you will consider as evidence in your deliberations. So with that in mind then, Ms. Rawlings, if you'd like to continue with your direct, you can do that. Thank you, Your Honor. Taylor, do you remember uh, we were discussing, I believe, a phone call that you had with Chad in December 2019? Yes. And... Um, what can you tell us about that conversation? He called me because he wanted to make sure to pay his premium for January. And I had told him that I never 
heard back from him from the email that I sent him with the quotes. And so we briefly went over those options and he picked a plan and paid for his premium. During this conversation, did you discuss coverage for anyone other than him at that December call? Only his son, Mark. Okay. And did you hear from Chad Daybell again later? Yes. When did you hear from him? I believe it was March 11th, 2020. He came into my office. Uh, What did he want when he came to see you on March 11th? His original inquiry was to obtain health coverage for his new wife. Okay. And can you tell us about that conversation? Uh, He told me that he'd gotten married and wanted to get coverage on his new wife. And I asked him when they got married, and he told me that it was November 5th, 2019. And I told him that we were outside of the 60-day window, so that wouldn't be possible. And Did you discuss what other qualifying events there might be? Yeah, he, he told me that she was incarcerated and he was really worried about something happening to her, but that she was supposed to be getting out the following week. And I, so I said that that's a qualifying event. Okay. Did you discuss other qualifying events? Um, yeah, we talked about moving back to... Uh, or, I'm sorry, moving into a state is a qualifying event or losing coverage elsewhere. Okay. And um, when you talked about moving into another state, did you discuss with him where uh, he and his wife had been previously? Yeah, he told me that they were living in Hawaii and that they had just come back to Idaho. Okay. Uh, Did he ask about coverage for his wife, including dental insurance? Yes. And he asked about coverage for his son, Mark? Yes. Did he talk about anything else relating to the background of his wife, what her needs would be? No. Okay. Um, So let me just break this down a little bit. He talked to you in November about um, possibly getting married again, right? Yes. At that time, he did not ask for coverage for anyone else, though. Correct. Okay. Did he tell you back in November anything about this potential new wife? Yes. What did he tell you? He told me that she uh, lives in Kauai and so that they would live there half the year and in Idaho for half the year. He told me that she was a widow and she lived off her husband's Social Security death benefits. Okay. Um. And so fast forward to March, the March visit, uh, when he was trying to get the insurance, did you ask him if you could double-check some information? Yes. Okay. Did you notice anything else about Mr. Daybell between your visit with him in November and your visit with him in March? Uh, Physically, I just thought he looked thinner and tanner, which made sense if he'd been in Hawaii. Okay. Um, did he tell you who his new wife was? Yes. What did he say? He wrote on a sticky note, Lori Ryan Daybell. And did he indicate, um, whether there was coverage needed for anyone else? No. Did he state whether or not she had any kids? No. 
no, he didn't state it or... Uh, I went through the application process like I would with anybody, just verifying, is this your phone number, is this your address, etc. And one of the questions is, are there any children? And when I asked that, he said no. Okay. If I may have just one moment, Your Honor. Yes. I don't have any other questions at this time. All right. Thank you, Ms. Rawlings. Uh, Mr. Thomas Cross. Thank you. Yes. Morning, Ms. Ballard. Uh, you had uh, filled out some information for Chad uh, to present to the Department of Health and Welfare. Is that correct? I Yes. And some of, the, some of that information I think you said was um, had to do with his income because he may qualify for Medicaid? Correct. Okay. And what was his income? I, I think, I don't remember. Uh, this is a long time ago, but I think at the time he had said that his income without his wife's would be around 20000 Okay. Um, I went through your notes, and I, would it refresh your recollection if you went through your notes and, and looked at that particular Definitely. Um, okay. Can we give that to her? And again, I'll just advise the witness that if you're using those to refresh your recollection, don't just read from the notes, but look at them and then close the file once you've done that. Yes, sir. And just to kind of speed things along, um, it, th there's an actual piece of paper that's from Health and Welfare that's attached to those notes or the, inside those that packet. So Chad told me that they wouldn't have any income, and then Health and Welfare System interfaced $30,000. $30,000? Yes. That was his income for the year? That's what he was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. No further questions. All right. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. I'll have the, well, let's see if there's any redirect, Ms. Rollins. No, Your Honor. Okay, without any redirect then, can this witness be excused? Yes, we would ask that she be released. No objection. Okay, you can be excused. Make sure to take your file with you. State can call its next witness. State will be calling Angela Yancey.
solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the full truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. All right, before we get started with testimony, let me just inquire of the witness, Ms. Yancey, have you reviewed or listened to or read or in any way seen any of the trial testimony in this matter since the trial started? No. Okay. As you testify, please talk right into that microphone so your voice is picked up clearly. Please make verbal responses to questions being asked and try to avoid speaking at the same time as anyone questioning you. With that in mind, Ms. Rawlings, you can inquire. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Would you please state your name and spell it for the record? <clears throat> Angela Yancey, A-N-G-E-L-A-Y-A-N-C-E-Y. Angela, where were you employed in 2019? Sugar Salem School District. How long did you work there? Seven years. What was your job title? I was the payroll and benefit administrator. And what were some of your job duties with regard to that position? I processed payroll for all of the employees, and I um, assisted with all of their benefit administrations. Was it part of your job to process employees' insurance applications? Yes. And this would have included life insurance? Correct. Are you familiar with Tamara or Tammy Daybell? I am. Do you know if she worked for the Sugar Salem School District? Yes, she did. What was her job? She was the uh, elementary librarian. And I think you mentioned you processed benefits for employees. As part of that, did you run benefit meetings for the school employees? Yes. Every year during open enrollment, we would go to each uh, building and, uh, and <clears throat> hold meetings that uh, inform them of any changes to their benefits. And we brought um, forms if they were to make any changes. So you informed them of any changes. Would you also discuss open enrollment periods, life insurance changes, that type of thing? Yes. And when would the open enrollment period be for the school district? Um, it started in August, <clears throat> excuse me, and they had until the middle, about the 12th to the 15th of September <clears throat> to, uh, to get the applications back to us to be effective as of 9-1. And what types of forms did you provide to the employees of these meetings? Um, change forms for their medical, dental, vision, life. And do you recall if Tammy Daybell made a change to her life insurance policy in 2019? She did. Do you know if she submitted an application for that change? Yes, she did. Did you process that? I did. If I were to show you a document purported to be part of that, or the, the application or part of that, would you be able to recognize it? Yes. And, Your Honor, I will be asking to have states exhibits 151, 152, and 153 these have already been admitted, but I'd like to publish them for the jury so that the witness can reference them. Okay.
And Your Honor, may I have permission to publish so the witness for me reference? You may. Yes. Do you recognize what's been marked as State's Exhibit 151? I do. What is that document? This is a, a change form to her voluntary life insurance. Um, and do you know, when you say change form, is that a different application than had been previously made? Yes. Um, when when she was originally hired, they um, when I present the uh, life insurance, voluntary life insurance to them, they can elect a minimum of $10,000. And um, so that would have been her original form. And then the way the benefits worked is any time after that during open enrollment, you can increase it. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, this was a request to increase. Um, do you remember when she was hired? Um, I believe in 2017. Okay. And do you know um, what the amount of life insurance was on that 2017 application? She elected the minimum of 10000 And in 2018, did she make any changes or request any changes? She did not. So then in 2019 on this document, she requests to increase the policy? Correct. And did you process that paperwork? I did. Who signed that request for the increase in benefits on her application or the change form? Um, uh, Tammy did, and because she elected spouse coverage, her spouse uh, also signed it. Okay. And would that be on a different page than this first page? Yes. And when was this form signed and dated? September 8th, 2019. And then the form would have to be turned into your office, is that right? Correct. Okay. What date would the increase in the life insurance have gone into effect? 9-1. Okay. And so what was the total amount of the life insurance policy for Tammy Data once this change went into effect? So she elected the max, which was five times her salary at the time, so it was 80000 And then she also had a 50000 from the group life. Okay. And were you involved in or did you assist in a claim being submitted with regard to collecting on her life insurance policy? I was. I'm going to show you what's been marked and admitted as State's Exhibit 152. If I may, Your Honor. You may. Um, and do you recognize that document? I do. What is the title of that form? It's a beneficiary statement. Who submitted the beneficiary statement form? Um, her husband, Chad. <laughs> and did you meet with Chad Dabel when he provided that form? Or I provide him with that form, excuse me? I did. Do you recall when you first met with him? He came into my office um, Monday morning um, after Tammy had died. 
So she passed away between Saturday and Sunday, and he was there Monday morning. And I want to back up a little bit. You had said you worked in HR for the Sugar Salem District since 2013. Is that right? Correct. Where did you work before that? Madison School District. And were you responsible for helping employees of both school districts process life insurance claims? I was. How many times would you say you have assisted with processing life insurance claims? I'd say roughly 15 or so. And so you said that Chad came in on October 21st, which was the Monday after Tammy had passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, in your experience, was it unusual for a spouse to come in that soon to process a life insurance claim? In my experience, yes. What conversation did you have with Mr. Daybell when you provided him with the form on October 21st, 2019? I explained to him that uh, we could not submit a life claim until we had um, the original death certificate to go with it. And he said, that's okay, I've already ordered eight of them. And in your experience, how many death certificates do most people order? When they share that information with me, the I've heard maybe three at the most. And do you know when Chad returned to submit this beneficiary statement? He returned on October 25th. I was out of town, and so my coworker told him that he would need to come back on the 30th when I was back in town, and he was there on the 30th. And who fills out the information that's contained on that beneficiary statement form? Chad did. So the information regarding attending physician and such is filled out by the spouse typically? Correct. And drawing your attention to the notation that she died in her sleep, would that have been filled out by Chad Daybell before bringing the form back to your office? Yes, it was. Now I'm going to show you what's been marked as State's Exhibit 153. And do you recognize this? I do. What is the title of this form? It's the employer's and or administrator's statement. And who fills out that form? I did. And so you recognize this is the form that you filled out? Yes. What did you do after Chad had brought in the beneficiary statement? I completed this statement and then attached the uh, death certificate and submitted it to the life insurance claim or company. And so when would you have filled out the form? I did it that day that he brought it, the 30th. Brought in the death certificate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we talked about the increase in life insurance that Tammy had requested in September. What's the amount of life insurance on this form, if you can see it? Um, it says it says fifty thousand for the basic, which is the group life, and it says ten for the voluntary. Um, her her change form had not been filed in her file yet, and I used the information from her file. So you didn't have the the change or the updated or the increased information. Correct, but it had already been submitted to the insurance company, so they had the correct information. And so what was the correct amount? Eighty thousand. And so what was the total amount that would have been paid out for this life insurance claim? A hundred and thirty. And do you know if that's the maximum amount that could have been requested for an employee in Tammy's position? Yes. I don't have any other questions, Your Honor. All right. Thank you, Ms. Fellings. Cross-examination. Thank you, Your Honor. 
So um, there were a few different life insurance policies on Tammy, is that right? It, with our school district, there was only two. Okay. One of them was the group insurance, right? Correct. All right. And that's offered through the school district um, as a free bonus for every employee of the school district, correct? Every eligible employee, yes. Any eligible employee is someone who works full-time. Correct. All right. So if you're a full-time employee, you don't really have to fill out anything. It's just part of your package, your benefits package. Correct. There's not an enrollment form. We just require a beneficiary form. Okay. And in this particular case, the beneficiary was Chad Daybell. Correct. And she indicated that Chad Daybell would be the beneficiary. Yes. And he didn't come in with her to fill out that beneficiary form to, form to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. So the 50000 was offered to every employee. So now we're going to the 80000 Um The first year when she enrolled was a $10,000 enrollment, uh, the, bare, the bare minimum you can get, right? Correct. And I, I believe, if I'm correct, I'd, and I'm probably not, it was somewhere around $1.93. Uh, was that a paycheck or a month? Um, well, the school district pays monthly, so okay. it'd be the same. So it'd be a dollar ninety-three a month, correct? For the ten thousand mm-hmm. dollar life insurance, correct? All right, and then I believe the seventy-five thousand dollar one uh, had uh, something around fifteen dollars a month. Is that right? I'm, I'm, I don't know the exact amounts. It's done by age, so whatever her age was at the time okay. is, is what it is. But uh, on the form that. I guess we can bring up the what? Yeah, let's bring up the last two exhibits: State Exhibit 153 and 152. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you look at 151. Okay. I can, yes. All right. So we were just talking a little bit about uh, the $10,000 one, and, and it is, what, $1.98 a month? Is that right? Yeah. It's a little blurred, but that looks right. Okay. And then the $75,000 one would be how much? $1,470. $1,479. Or is that $70? I'm like <laughs> 70 You're right. My bad. $1,470. Uh, and then $80,000 would be a little more than the seventy-five, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so in your in your uh, work, that this is part of your work, um, is it often? What, what is your experience with how much people normally get? Do they normally get the maximum? It all depends on the individual and what's going on in their life. Um, we we just explained that they, if they initially elect the ten thousand, then any time in the future they can elect up to their five times their salary. Um, and so it's it just depends on the individual. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that open enrollment is only one time a year. Correct. And it's about a thirty day period. Correct. And in this particular date, it was. When, August to September, or when, when was it, do you remember? For a school district, yes. We started in August when they come in, when they, the 
uh, employees come back to work, and then they have until the, about the 15th. It's a grace period in September, but it's still effective 9-1. Okay. So this was within the grace period? Yes. Okay. Thank you. No further questions. All right. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Can you redirect? I don't have anything, Your Honor. All right. Can the witness be excused? Yes, we would ask that she be released. No objection. Okay. That will conclude your testimony. Thank you for appearing. The bailiff will assist you leaving the courtroom. State and call its next witness. The state will be calling Colin Nesbitt. Ms. Smith will be questioning him. Thank you. Before we commence with testimony, let me just inquire of the witness, uh, Officer, have you reviewed in any way any of the trial testimony in this case, including reading it or hearing it from any source? No, sir, I have not. Okay. As you testify, please talk directly into that microphone, use verbal responses to any questions asked, and please avoid talking at the same time as anyone questioning you so we keep a clear record. With that in mind, Ms. Smith, you can inquire on direct. Thank you, Judge. Good morning. Good morning. Can you introduce yourself to the ladies and gentlemen of the jury and spell your last name for them, please? My name's Colin Nesbitt, and it's spelled N-E-S-B-I-T-T. Um, sir, how are you employed? I'm employed with the County of Kauai Police Department in Hawaii. How long have you been a police department in Kauai, Hawaii? Uh, 16 years. Okay. Um, what is your current position? I'm a detective with the major crimes uh, section. And how long have you been a detective in the major crime section? Uh, four years. And um, prior to that, what was your role? Um, prior to that, I was uh, a detective in the property crime section um, for two years, and then I was in uh, narcotics uh, section for a year and a half. Okay. And um, what sort of training have you had as a police officer in uh, Kauai? I've had the um, the basic academy training. Um, that's approximately five months long and then I've had additional training approximately about 400 hours um, 200 approximately 200 of that would have been in uh, um, major crimes such as sex assaults um, homicides death investigations and uh, um, robberies and so um, in your role as a major crimes detective um, did you have occasion to work and have contact with Lori Vallow yes I did what was your contact with Lori? What was your first contact with Lori Vallow? Uh, my first contact with Lori Vallow um, was um, January twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Okay. What um, caused you to come in contact with Lori Vallow in January of twenty twenty? 
uh, assisting members from the Rexburg Police Department to serve a, um, a legal document. Okay. And um, how did the, how did was it that you came to be a part of a, a assisting Rexburg? Idaho police officers in serving legal documents on Lori Vallow. Oh, well, they they all flew over to Kauai for um, whatever their investigation was into the matter, and then um, we had an operational briefing, and they asked for assistance to help locate and um, and serve that document. Okay. And was Lori Vallow, um, and there's water there if you need it. Yes, okay. thank you. Um, was, I'm assuming, given your answer, that Lori Vallow was located? Yes, ma'am. Where, where was she located? Uh, she was located at the address of 40, 4141 Queen Emma Drive in Princeville, uh, which is a condo complex, and she was in the swimming pool area. Okay. Who was with her? Uh, Chad Dago. Okay. And um, who went up to serve her those legal papers? Uh, Detective Catalina served those um, that, the papers. Okay. Who was present from law enforcement when Detective Cataluna served those papers? Uh, also with Detective Cataluna was Lieutenant Christopher Collio and myself. Okay. Were you with um, the detective and the lieutenant the entire time that they went in to serve the papers on Lori Vallow? Yes, ma'am, I was. Was that service recorded in any way? Yes, it was. How was the service of uh, papers on Lori Vallow um, from Idaho, those papers from Idaho? How was that service completed? Uh, she was provided a copy, and then she was asked if she had any questions. Okay. And um, after that happened, was, there, um, was that recording captured and um, saved? Yes, ma'am, it was. And were you the person responsible for making a copy and saving the recording of the service on Lori Vallow in Hawaii? Yes, I was. Okay. And did you make a copy and turn it over to anyone? Yes, I did. Who did you turn it over to? The Rexburg Police Department. Okay. And um, prior to coming to court today, did you make um, another copy for use in trial of that recording of service of papers on Lori Vallow? Yes, ma'am, I did. Okay. And um, did you put it on a thumb drive and mark it with your initials? Yes, ma'am. Your Honor, I'd ask the court be um, that the court hand uh, officer Nesbitt states exhibit 205. I apologize. I think I called you officer. It's detective, right? Either one is fine. Okay. Um, detective, do you recognize States Exhibit 205? Yes, I do. Okay. What is it? Uh, it's a thumb drive that I um, saved a copy of the recording on. Okay. And did you prepare that thumb drive? Yes, I did. Is it, uh, Other than the recording of the service of paper on Lori Vallow in, on, in January of 2020, is there anything else on that thumb drive? No, there isn't. Okay, so the only thing on there, just to be clear for the court, is the recording of Lori Vallow being served with Idaho papers. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, and I move for the admission of State's Exhibit 205. Any objection? No. Okay. I request permission um, for the admission if it ha if I miss that, and then I request permission to play it for the jury. It's admitted without objection, and it may be published. Thank you, Judge.
Your Honor, it appears the system, the court system, isn't connecting with the laptop. We'll try a different laptop, and then we'll do it again, if you don't mind, because it's not displaying what it should be displaying from the laptop. Okay. Let's try another laptop. I'll get mine. Thank you, Your Honor. Now, sir, those papers, were they part of a, an investigation into missing children? Yes, ma'am. And there were orders on the defendant to produce J.J. Vallow? Yes. Okay. And that was the service we just saw? Yes, ma'am. Of an order on Lori Vallow to produce J.J. Vallow? Correct. What date was that again? I apologize. I'm not sure I got the specific date. It was, it was served on January 25th, 2020. Did you have any additional uh, connection with the investigation into finding J.J. Vallow um, and or questioning Lori Vallow? Uh, yes, I did. What was your next involvement? Uh, the, my next involvement is I was assigned to um, uh, execute search warrant. Okay. And uh, search warrant on what? On the person of Lori Vallow, um, the person of Chad Daybell, um, a vehicle in the condo. Okay. And what date did you, um, were you part of the search warrant team? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you weren't by yourself? No, ma'am. What date did you guys execute the um, search warrant uh, involving Lori Vallow in Hawaii? Uh, on uh, January 26th. The next day? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so when you went to execute that search warrant, um, how, where were they found? Um, they were found uh, driving a vehicle southbound from Princeville. To, towards Louie, which is about a 30-minute um, drive, and they were going to um, Kauai Beach Resort. Okay. And 
how was it uh, law enforcement came into contact with Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell? Uh, as far as, like, the traffic stop? Yes. Yes, ma'am. There was a traffic stop initiated at Kauai Beach Resort. Okay. And so at the traffic stop, um, who was driving the car? Uh, Lori Vallow. Um, and who else was in the car? Chad Dable. Okay. Um, at the traffic stop, um, was anybody, um, you know, taken out of the car? Yes. Okay. It, who was taken out of the car? Uh, both occupants, Lori and Chad. Okay. At any point, was Ms. Vallow given an opportunity to receive her personal paperwork or her personal items? Yes, she was. Okay. Um, can you tell us about how that happened? Uh, so we provided her with a copy of the search warrant, and then we allowed her to um, take some items that she might need, such as her cash or um, if she had any medication or anything like that. When you say we, who's we? Uh, myself, uh, Detective, uh, Detective, Detective Cataluna, and uh, Lieutenant Collio, and there was some other people there. Okay. So um, when you um, allowed the... Lori Vallow to obtain some of her personal paperwork. Where did you guys go to? Where did you locate that paperwork? Uh, at her vehicle. Okay. Was she present? Yes, she was. Okay. What paperwork or items was she trying to um, have you give her? Well, we were just um, going to give her back her cash um, from her purse and give her back some items that she might. I think she had some medication in there, and then, um, and then. Uh, because we had the search warrant, we looked through a purse, and then um, uh, and we put it back in the car. Okay. So as you're looking through her purse, did you find any credit cards or any information? Yes. What information or credit cards did you find? So Detective Cataluna was looking through um, her credit cards and counting her money, and when he was looking through the credit cards, he handed them to, he handed them to me to put inside a plastic bag to give back to Lori whatever he didn't need for the investigation. And then um, when he passed them to me, I looked through them again, and I saw one with the name. I saw a credit card with the name of um, Tylee Ryan. Okay. Um, so when you found um, the items with the credit cards and the card with Tylee Ryan's name, um, did that stick out to you? Oh, well, yes, it did. Okay. Why? Um, because... She was part of the um, missing children that we were helping them look for. Okay. So um, what did you do with the card that was in Tylee Ryan's name? Uh, that was held back, and then I put it back in the car. Okay. When you say held back, held back from the stuff that the defendant was going to be allowed to take herself? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And you put it in the car. Where did you put it in the car? On the front seat. Okay. Um, and then was the car itself... Um, searched after the defendant was given some personal effects? Yes, ma'am, it was. Okay. And was that search documented in any way? Uh, yes, it was. Okay. Um, how was it documented? Uh, it's documented. Um, we, we execute the search warrant, and then we, record, we recover whatever evidence that we need for our investigation. We bag it and tag it, uh, put the rep uh, report number, and there's a property number that goes on there, and then I signed my initials on there. Okay. And does anybody take any effort to take photographs of that process? Yes. Okay. And were photographs taken of the search of Lori Vallow's car in Hawaii on January 26, 2020? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And um, have you had an opportunity to look at those photographs? 
I have. Okay. Let me hand you what has been marked State's Exhibit uh, 234Z. Uh, I apologize, 234A through Z, um, a copy of which has been provided to the court as a courtesy, and a courtesy copy has been given to defense counsel before can, today. Can I clarify one thing? One moment. We'll do that in just a second. Okay. Through Z, are there any missing letters in there, Ms. Smith? Just to clarify, I, I didn't look yet. I'm just. I, I don't believe so, Judge, but okay. uh, sadly, crazier things have happened. I believe all of them are there, Judge. I did double check. That wraps up segment number two in our continuous coverage of the trial of Lori Vallow Daybell. There is more to come. Press subscribe wherever you download podcasts so you don't miss any of it. I'm Tony Bruschi. Stay with us. This is continuous coverage. Continuous coverage. Continuous coverage. In the trial of Lori Vallow Daybell from the Hidden Killers podcast. Hidden Killers podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.